We've talked a lot about the Steelers offense in the preseason, but I want to focus on the linebackers, especially the off-ball linebackers, and how much better they could be than last year's linebackers for the Steelers and what that could do for the defense. That and our 53-man roster projection, Chris Carter, your host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, joined by Alan Saunders today from SteelersNow.com. It's going to be a fun one. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things in the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find this show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this, get this YouTube channel on 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 all for all of our daily, daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making us your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL. For $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As I said before, we're joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. He's back on the show. Alan, now the preseason's done, the Steelers kind of get this kind of like week in limbo here where they're not really practicing for anything. Well, I mean, they are practicing to face the Niners, but there's nothing pressing on them right now. We get the chance to look over some things before the Steelers do their official roster cuts, and that'll come out later today. Uh, but we will get to our 53-man roster projections in a bit. Alan, I want to talk to you about the linebackers because this was a group that we talked about all offseason about like if they can just get a group of guys to just hold down the fort. They don't got to be playmakers. They don't got to be turnover machines. They don't got to be TFL machines. Just make sure that the, the buck stops with you and the run game does not break loose and you're not a complete liability in the pass game. How have you seen this linebacker group shape up? We saw them let go of Tanner Muse on Monday, so we know that he's not going to be in that last line of guys on the depth chart. Um, but how has this linebacker group shaken up for you so far and what you've seen through training camp and in the preseason? So I see two really good signs and one question mark, I think. Okay. The, the really good is this. I see much better defensive line play, and so I see much cleaner linebackers. You know, just the additions of Keanu Benton and Braden Fajoko to the front of that defensive line and the way guys like Isaiah Laudermilk have been playing, like we've just seen linebackers actually able to flow to the ball. And, you know, I think one of the, the things that was a problem with that group last year was that none of them were really what I would call elite block shedders. Like they weren't very good at that. They weren't able to flow to the ball because the Steelers' defensive line was getting beat up in front of them too much. Now I think you're seeing a much better defensive line. You're seeing freer linebackers. I also think they will be better in terms of block shedding, physicality. Landon Roberts is just a whew, whew. He he's just, a sledgehammer. That's he what just hits people. He just hits people. It doesn't matter if you're a pulling guard, a running back, a quarterback. He's going to hit you hard. And uh, probably like if somebody tried to get in his gap, it hit his teammate hard. He's and he's a really smart player. Like he's, he has that great combination of like, he knows like he knows right where to be, and then he he goes for it a hundred percent. Like all his speed, all his power. You do that, and you're wrong. It looks really bad at that mm-hmm. position, but it doesn't seem like he's wrong very often. So I think they've got better flowing linebackers to the ball because of better defensive line play, and I just think a great big hard hitter that they did not have. I mean, like I love Robert Spillane. He got a lot of 
props on Derrick Henry hit deservedly, but he is not the kind of physical presence down in and down out that Landon Roberts is. So I think they're more physical, better to shed blocks, better to flow to the ball. I think the question comes, how does it look in coverage? We haven't really seen them tested in that area, right? I mean, seeing that Quan Alexander is probably going to be the dime linebacker and that it looks like Cole Holcomb is going to play a lot of the nickel, maybe alongside Alexander, maybe sometimes alongside Roberts. But we haven't, you know, they did play the Bills and they did play the Bills starters. Uh, I didn't see a ball thrown to Dawson Knox. I guess that's like one check in their credit, but it's not like they were extremely tested in that environment um, in terms of linebacker coverage. And so the, the Bills also don't have a dynamic running back in terms of receiving ability. So I think that there's still a little bit of a jury to be out there in terms of how it's going to look from a pass coverage standpoint. But, man, I'm very enthusiastic about them being able to be an improved linebacker group in terms of playing against the run. Well, we all know the defense, the offenses are going to be scared to test the middle now because they saw what Alex Highsmith did when he had to cover Stephon Diggs when he had that breakup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we could count that. I mean, it looked pretty good. I, uh, I asked Highsmith about that, just like kind of like not on the record, just like, hey. And he was just like, you know, I saw him lined up in front of me, and I was like, oh, boy, <laughs> like this is coming. And, but he was like, I just read my keys, did what I – and they threw it at me, and I was in position, and I made the play, and I'm like, good for me, but I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> um, he can but, cover. Like, I, I don't think he's a bad coverage linebacker. Like, I mean, terms of, had, like, guys that are pure edges. He intercepted Lamar Jackson like in his in, in his in his rookie season, so he's made some plays. Uh, to your and point, I think though, Nick Herbig can cover too. Actually, yeah, I mean, they got they got flexibility. That's like that's the thing. Like like this this is a really interesting group, both inside and outside linebacker. I got a chance to chat with uh, Quan Alexander today just about the progress that he's felt because remember he into got integrated with this team in the middle of training camp. So Atlanta Roberts, Cole Holcomb, they knew what going into this what what the deal was. Quan Alexander's kind of had had to kind of integrate into this group. But I thought it was interesting hearing from him uh, after after practice on Monday. Here was Quan Alexander in the Steelers locker room. Quan, it seems like you guys have a diverse set of skills. How have you kind of gotten used to your talents mixing with the talents of your fellow linebackers? Uh, shoot, I don't know how just getting used to it. We just being around each other. Uh, we picking off each other. You know, uh, just helping everybody game out. I'll be taking stuff for a lot of people game. You know, and I feel like people be taking stuff from mine too. So they're making us a better. A better group, better uh, and a better yeah, a better linebacker group for sure. What's man like as a locker? As a locker man, room? I don't really like this dude for <laughs> real. Nah, nah, that's my dog, man. Uh, we've been holding it down. We the OGs of the group, uh, the linebacker group. So uh, we just staying focused right now, just trying to get everybody on point and uh, getting ready for the first week. Seems like you guys are playing downhill a lot. Mm-hmm. Is that the tone that you guys talk about when you're looking at on the film and how you guys want to portray yourselves? <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, we just coming out tone. We just really the tone setters. That's really what we, what we preach about. You know what I'm saying? Going out there, send the tone, uh, and getting it going. Just start early. That's all. That's how we preach on. When you guys are looking at the film and trying to get, you know, look at matchups and potential things, how do you guys sort of compensate for when you know other teams are going to try to get their wide receivers on you? How do you mm-hmm. like prepare for those moments? Uh, work at practice for real. Uh, just locking in at practice, locking in on film. The guys who got in our room, we can cover, hit. You know, do everything we need to do as a linebacker. So we should be ready for whatever. So a few things there uh, from Quan Alexander. One, when he said, uh, I don't like that guy, it was just joking because I asked him about Landon Roberts because they're 
uh, locker mate buddies. And, and uh, that was, that was, that was kind of a funny moment. Uh, but it does seem like he's fitting in well. And, and Alan, I just I look at the skill set from from these from these three. You know, Mark Robinson and whoever else gets signed to the team. We'll get to roster projections in a little bit here. But those top three guys, I think all three of them bring elements to their game that the Steelers have been missing the last few years uh, that they desperately need. One, you said Quan Alexander, Dimebacker, uh, uh, Cole Holcomb in the nickel, and Landon Roberts, that big physical presence. You get all three different very important functions of the linebacker position, and you can rotate rotate these three veterans in. They won't, and I, I don't think the game will go too fast for either of, the, either of them, and that gives you a flexibility we haven't seen what the Steelers have at the linebacker position for a while. It does. I think the one downside to having it in three different pieces, as opposed to like, I don't know, the Bills having Matt Milano, right? Is that is teams that have people or schemes that can do both to you, right? Like that's the one area where I think this version is less than it could be. You know, if you play against the, um, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, Mm-hmm. And they want to put uh, Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews on the field, and Patrick Ricard and and uh, J.K. Dobbins. Well, okay, that's a heavy formation. We're gonna put a Landon Roberts in there. But then if they want to throw out of it, that means he might have to cover Isaiah Likely, who's a really good athlete as a tight end, or might have to cover J.K. Dobbins. So I think there are some schemes that could like maybe pick apart what they're good at. But man, th- I just think it's so such an improvement that it's hard to be worried about what maybe they aren't the best at at this point. Now I feel you on that. I want to talk more about this roster projection coming out and what the, what the final 53 will be, because there are some close calls coming here uh, down uh, on Tuesday. We'll get to that in a minute here on the lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. But first, before we go anywhere else, I want to remind you guys, this show is sponsored by GameTime.co. Buying tickets for your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And that's, and that's where game time comes in because they're the fast and easy way to buy tickets for your favorite sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you with killer deals on last minute tickets. They have the best price guarantee that can't be beat so that you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're about to have. And that can be fun even if you're booking booking tickets up to the last minute because game time will get you exclusive flash deals on tickets for football games, basketball games, baseball, concerts, comedy events, theater events, anything near you, game time that you can get and you can download it right to your phone so that you know uh, so that you can see all the deals available to you. And the game time guarantee means that you're always going to get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less somewhere else, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's not the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Or go to their website, gametime.co. Terms and conditions apply. Create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 dollars off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's get to this roster projection talk here. Let's lead with the offense. And we'll go defense in the in, in the second in the next segment here. But and if we're leading with the offense, we'd be remiss to not lead with the offensive line, considering the trade with Kevin Dotson, the Steelers swapping up a fifth round pick to a fourth round pick and a sixth round pick to a fifth round pick for 2025. Uh, but uh, they, they make that move. So now everyone's asking, who does that open up the spot for 
uh, on the offensive line. Alan, give us how many offensive linemen you have making your final 53 and who those linemen are. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure that it does open up a spot for an offensive lineman. I think the reason that they're trading Kevin Dotson, or they traded Kevin Dotson, is because he felt like a spare part. He was a fourth guard. The Steelers have not traditionally kept four guards. He didn't play any other position. It would really require like a, a very rare set of circumstances in order for him to play. And so I thought that's why he was expendable. But I, I don't think that necessarily means that you just got to plug another guard into there. Like, you know, the, all the reasons that he was expendable would make anybody else you put in that spot expendable too. I think maybe it opens up a spot for a sixth wide receiver that wasn't there before. Um, it certainly could be another offensive lineman, uh, but I, you know, it depends on who you had on it before, but I think of, you know, Kendrick green, Dylan cook and Spencer Anderson. It was hard before to see more than one of those three guys making the team. Now I think you can make a pretty good case for two of those guys to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh yeah, that, that's really to me. I think where where the extra spot lies. But I, I think if I was going to do it, I I had Dotson on my my fifty three man projection, um, and I had Spencer Anderson making the team and not Green and not Cook. I think if I was going to replace him, I would replace him with six wide receiver because I only have five. Oh, so that's interesting. So wait, you that would be eight offensive linemen? Nine, I think. Right? No, nine, maybe. Yeah, yeah, no, nine, yeah, nine offensive linemen, right? Four tackles. So, so you got you got more. You got Chooks. You got Jones. You got Cole. You got Sayomalo. You got Daniels. Oh, so I had nine. So yeah, if I replaced them with a, with offensive with a wide receiver, it would be. It would so be that would the be other eight. thing is it would okay. be eight offensive linemen. The other thing is I only had twenty four offensive players. I, I just think that the depth on the team was way better on defense. Like I think Tanner Muse and Kenny Robinson. Both cut yesterday were really difficult players to cut. Like I think they're worthy of NFL spots. I do not see that many guys on this offense that are going to get cut. Where I'm like, that's a bad break for him. He deserves to be on an NFL roster. Like I just, yeah. You know, like there's some guys that are interesting. There's some guys that I think will hang around. But to me, I just don't feel like the offensive cut line is is as hard to find. So yeah, I mean, I think I might go eight, eight offensive linemen. They are banged up there. That would be the one. Area like okay, are Nate Herbig and James Daniels, who both did not play in the last preseason game, are they healthy enough that, that they're comfortable? Because otherwise, you probably do need a ninth. But at that position, that ninth is Kendra Green. I know that's not going to be the answer that people are going to be happy to hear. <laughs> it's not. And I know a lot of people are going to say, you know, bring bring up you know what he what he's been. And listen, he hasn't been good. He I think he had some positive moments when they moved him to guard in this last Falcons game. Oh, but yeah. man. It's tough for that to to get out of the shadow of how he has performed uh, throughout this throughout this preseason with the bad snaps, the penalties, and the mistakes that he's made. Let's move to another position on the offense, though. And you talked about you, so you're saying that the that Kevin Dotson's spot gets switched to a wide receiver. Is that is that Miles Boykin by any chance? Yeah, I did not have Miles Boykin on my 53. Was one of the really few offensive players that I was hesitant to cut because of his value on special teams and because as Mike Tomlin has talked about they did lose a number of sort of core special teams guys from last year's team Robert Spillane Marcus Allen Derek Watt and so I think some continuity in that area even if you could maybe replace his like absolute ability somewhere else just some continuity I think would have value to them Um, 
but I do not think he was very useful as a receiver at all throughout training camp. I thought he was maybe like the seventh or eighth best receiver on the team. Um, and so I left him off, but given this extra spot from Kevin Dodson, I think I would put his special teams for me. So much of those last roster spots are about special teams, because if you are just like the fourth guy at a position, then you're going to be inactive on game day anyway. Right. So like Dylan cook is a tackle that I really like. He would be the number four tackle. If he makes the team, he's going to be inactive on game day. Well, as long as you're pretty comfortable that he can clear waivers, he can be your number four tackle just as effectively for you on the practice squad as he right. can be on the active roster. Right. But Miles Boykin's value comes – he has to play. He has to be on the roster for mm-hmm. him to make any difference on special teams. So that's kind of where I, I draw that balance. And I think guys like Killebrew, guys like uh, Boykin like, – they're basically like either they're useless to you or they have to be on the 53-man roster, whereas other players that are maybe more effective backups, they can still provide value from the practice squad. Uh, no, I agree with that With that idea there is that you want yeah, you need guys to help on special teams. You need active bodies who are going to be an active part of the 53-man roster. Uh, and, and there's value to these other guys, but you want guys that are going to be helping there. So uh, that that's a good point there. So I, I do have this question. Because I've seen this come up a lot of different ways. What are you doing at running back and tight end? Because I've talked to some people that think the Steelers should only carry two running backs officially and then have Connor Hayward be the third running back instead of Anthony McFarlane. We saw Connor Hayward taking those handoffs because it would be really crazy for them to cut one of their top four tight ends. And it sucks for Rodney Williams because he would be a great fifth tight end, but you don't keep five tight ends on a roster. You usually don't keep four tight ends on a roster. How do those two positions break down for you? So the way I break it down is this. I could talk myself into cutting Anthony McFarland or Zach Gentry. If there was someone I thought that was better or more important to the team to put Mm. onto it. You know, like, I don't think they're, like, uncuttable players. I just think they're better than the other options. And I think it's – I think they're pretty clearly better. Like, I don't – like, like so who's the – if I'm saying – who's the best I, – I think probably Dylan Cook and Kendrick Green are the best two players, um, maybe Dennis Fitzpatrick and maybe Rodney Williams, are, are the best players that I have off the team from this offense. I think Anthony McFarlane and Zach Gentry are both very clearly right. better and also special teamers. And so, mm-hmm. again, it goes back to the other part of the conversation, better at their position and also more useful on game day. So I have all four tight ends and all three running backs make it. And honestly, I think all seven of those guys dressed every game day. Like, I really think they will find a role for each and every one of them. That's a very interesting thing that would happen, a very unique situation with the Steelers and how their offense is going to look. The depth is going to be there. I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball and how you th- th- see things shaking out there. We'll address that on the, fi- on, on the 53-man roster projection from Alan Saunders at SteelersNow.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter of the Locked On Steelers podcast. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, want to talk to you about uh, the defensive side of things. Let's lead off with the defensive line, and that is the group that you and I have talked about. That is sure, going to start be- with the impossible cut, yeah. Exactly. Like, this is just going to be so tough of a decision to make, and you're going to be like, man, that guy had to get let go. It's going to happen. How many defensive linemen are you keeping, and who are they? 
Well, this is why I kept 26 defenders and 24 people on offense because I kept all eight defensive linemen. I couldn't tell one. Wow, uh, they're all really all good eight. players. I kept all eight. They're all really good players. They all deserve to be on an NFL roster. I think they all have a specific purpose. There's not a lot of like duplicative skill sets, you know, where like, oh, you could say like, like no one is as good of a run stopper as Braden Fajoko. You know, if a guy like Larry Ogunjobi, who, by the way, has been very injury prone and honestly probably should be like raising some red flags that he's not healthy right now. Yeah. Uh, Cam Hayward is older. Like if you lose a defensive tackle for the season or for a length of time, like DeMarvin Leal is a kind of a bit part guy. Like he can play 10 snaps. He can't play three tech all game. Okay. Isaiah Laudermilk maybe could. This guy was on the practice squad last year. Like he's had a great camp, showed a lot of promise. Is that the guy you want to just put all your eggs into that basket? I think Armin Watts could be an incredibly useful player if there's an injury. Mon Adams is the starting nose tackle. I mean, like I, mm-hmm. he's so far held off Keanu Benton. I don't know how you could possibly say you could cut him under those circumstances. And so I just – I couldn't decide. I couldn't pick – they should probably try to trade one. I think they would get good value for it like they did for Dotson. Um, but I, I could not I could not cut one of these guys. I feel you that that is a tough situation uh, to 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 be in there. Um, I I feel like they they like like that. This is where it's going to come down to is do they want the extra offensive lineman or do they want the extra extra defensive lineman? I'm with you on Braden Fajoko, man. It just makes a whole lot of sense for them to keep him. He's a he's a tough he's a tough run stuffer. You need those those kind of bodies. And like you said. Yeah, you know, Larry Ogunjobi has had you know struggles stick staying healthy. Cam Hayward, you know, is up there. You need and you need those big physical forces in the middle. And listen, Keanu Benton can can get there. I think that he's going to be one of those big physical forces of the future of the future. But of the future, I think that right now he's still very raw in a lot of things and is developing. Braden Fajoko, he is just go, he can plug holes, and that's what you need right there is a plug hole, a guy who can plug holes and- coming off the bench. And I think Liao's ability to also play the edge makes yes. keeping eight a little bit more palatable, right? Because now I got my, I only have four edge rushers, which is a position the Steelers have traditionally for a long time kept five. And I think you can kind of make it work because you know that Liao can also take those reps out of that. Absolutely. I, DeMarvin Liao, his flexibility does offer a lot there. Uh, and that is another reason why I, it makes a lot of sense to keep more of these guys is because he can he can have that flexibility to kind of fill another spot there. So, OK, that being said, that means they're keeping four outside linebackers. That's always kind of been 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 the plan there. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, Nick Herbig. That's that's pretty good foregone conclusion. And then you have Liao as a fifth option, but an inside linebacker. How many of those are you are you are you keeping? Just four. Um, okay. And again, like I, you know, I, I kind of went back and forth between Tanner Muse and um, and Killebrew as like a defensive player that I was putting on the roster just for special teams. Killebrew is the guy who's the personal protector on the punt team. I thought he had a more important special teams job, and so that's why I went with him. I think Tanner Muse could do that job. They just didn't give it to him. Um, mm. But to me, neither of those guys, I could find a real path to playing time. And we just talked about how good the inside linebackers are. We didn't even mention Mark Robinson, who I think is a really, uh, you know, a, a young player that they really liked has a lot of potential. And so when, like, where was Tanner Muse going to play if not that important role on special teams? So mm. I kind of put those two guys in one bucket and I went with Killebrew. It looks like the Steelers are doing the same thing since Muse was cut yesterday. Um, Nick Kwiatkowski's, it was, was 
it's kept as of as of Monday, but uh, I think probably a practice squad option there. I just don't see the need uh, for another linebacker given how good and, and how versatile the group is in front of them. Also, talking about special teams, Nick Herbig is kind of that inside linebacker body in an outside linebacker. Yeah. If you're talking about a special teams play, like he can do a lot of the things you would be thinking of an outside linebacker doing on special teams units. And so I think that kind of gives them like, I have one extra body up front, you know, but if you think about it from a, if you think about the way this roster is built from a special teams perspective, call the Allen outside linebacker and call Herbert an inside linebacker. And then it's kind of like the way it has been in terms of the available bodies for special teams uh, specifically. Let's switch to cornerback real quick. The question that a lot of people have been having is Shannon Sullivan and or Elijah Riley in the slot. Can you justify keeping two slot cornerbacks? Alan, do you justify keeping two slot cornerbacks? And if so, how? I do. Um, I do because Elijah Riley, first of all, I think Shannon Sullivan's going to start. Um, I, I think that's pretty clear to me. I think Elijah Riley has versatility. He can play both safety positions in addition to the slot. So if mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy who's active on game day, that's important. Uh, he also is a, is, a, is a good special teamer. And, you know, I don't, I personally don't have maybe as much faith as the Steelers seem to have in this Patrick Peterson playing the slot plan. You know, if you look at last year's roster, the way it broke down, they really only had one dedicated slot corner. That was Art Millette because Cam Sutton played a lot of slot. But before Cam Sutton was the outside corner, Cam Sutton and Mike Hilton were both on the team as slot corners, right? They had two then. Uh, They only didn't have two because of their faith in Cam Sutton to do the job. I just don't know, man. I, I haven't seen enough of him in man coverage, enough of him in the slot to feel this like, oh, this is going to work. It's definitely going to happen. Mm-hmm. I would want a backup plan, and I would not want to lose Elijah Riley on waivers. Um, and so I would keep him. And I'm not really sure. You know, I guess Trey Norwood is probably the guy who loses in that scenario as, as the guy who gets left, left off instead of Riley. And I think that's just because the two of those guys, they, they can honestly, they can both play slot and they can both play safety. Right. I feel much more comfortable about Minka Fitzpatrick than I do the, the, the slot options. So right. give me the guy who's the better slot. And that's Riley as opposed to the guy who's a better safety. And that's normal. That's an interesting way to look at it. So your safety breakdown will be, Minka Fitzpatrick, Keanu Neal, Demonte KZ, and uh, Miles Killebrew. Yep, yep. And then James Pierre is the fourth outside corner behind Porter and the two starters. Interesting depth breakdown there. So you're keeping all eight defensive linemen, four inside linebackers, four outside linebackers, and then what, six cornerbacks, I believe, here? <laughs> if you call Riley a corner, yeah, six corners. That's a that, that's an interesting group there. Not that I disagree with it. I just I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out and what positions and players do they value more here in their final cut process. You find that out on Tuesday afternoon. You can find we'll we'll be talking about some of those moves here in the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can also read about it though on SteelersNow.com where Alan Saunders works. Alan, let people that can find you, follow you, and get more of your work at a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter. The site is at PGH Steelers. Now Steelers now.com at PGH Steelers. Now on YouTube. That's where my podcast lives. Steelers afternoon drive this week. At some point, we're going to get Chris Carter on. You better. I've been waiting this week, this week. It's going to happen this week. I'm going to keep teasing it. Maybe I'll just keep promising it and never deliver, but I'll, I'm going to keep 
we keep teasing it. Anyway. Anyways, thank you, Alan, for joining us here in the Lockdown Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. You can read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find me here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, Monday through Friday, breaking down your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, your favorite podcasting app, and on YouTube. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast.